modern scholarship views racial categories as socially constructed. That is, race is not intrinsic to human beings, but rather an identity created often by social dominant groups to establish meaning in a social context. This is the S&S Podcast, hosted by RP3. A show that dives into the realms of mindset, truth, and faith. A unique blend of a chill and energetic style will guide you through inspiring discussions on a search for truth, developing a successful mindset, and exploring the faith. Join in as we explore the dynamics to nurture a resilient mind and navigate the landscape of truth and explore faith in our lives. Whether you are seeking a dose of positivity or a common truth, the SNS podcast is here to accompany you on your journey to empowerment and enlightenment. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. And remember, the only limit is yourself. Welcome back. Welcome back, lovely listeners. I am your host, RP3. And on today's episode, episode, sorry, a little excited there, of SNS, we're going to dive into a topic that I think it really deserves some deeper thought. And this, as you can tell by the title, is should we destroy the uh, social construct of race? I think it's something that, again, we need to speak about. And it starts at home and starts with self. We're going to go over a little bit of facts today about our history and how we ended up in this place where we are now. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in to today's topic. So I am uh, one that believes in race. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But I believe in the human race, which is what God created. Okay, he created the human race. Now, here we have a definition of race by Wikipedia. Race, quote unquote, quote, end quote, sorry, human categorization. Race is a categorization of humans based on shared physical or social qualities into groups generally viewed as distinct within a given society. The term came into common usage during the 16th century when it was used to refer to groups of various kinds, including those characterized by close kinship relations. By the 17th century, now this is important, this time frame, by the, te- by the 17th century, the term began to refer to physical traits and then later to national affiliations. Now, I say the 17th century is important because we're going to speak about a man by the name of Johann Blumenblock. Now, I first heard about this man who's a German scientist. I first heard about him in a book that I read that my aunt gave me. I can't remember exactly which book it was. I have it somewhere over there in my bookshelf. But when I learned about this, I was like, wow, you know, it really opened my mind to how we developed this construct. Again, now, this man's work is not even backed by science, which is why this is an important conversation. Now, prior to the 16th century, century, and we're going way back, I mean, way, way back, 
People who are identified not by their color of their skin, but by their ethnicity or their ethnos, right? So you could see someone, my skin complexion, you know, brown skin complexion, or you could uh, see someone maybe a yellowish skin complexion. And I hate using these terminologies, but this is the way we can best give you an idea of, you know, the humans we're speaking of. Or you have someone of a lighter skin complexion with less with less melanin, right? Now, people were identified by their ethnicity. So if you met someone, say he looked like me, you wouldn't say, oh, that person is black. Because, I mean, where is black? Where is the uh, nation of the country of black? Where is the country of white or the country of yellow? But people were identified by their ethnos or ethnicity. And that would be to say, say you met a black. I'll give you a perfect example. So back when I first moved to Florida, back in 2013, from North Carolina, I just, had got, just gotten out of the military. Well, not just getting out. Yeah, about a, I just got out maybe a month and a half prior, two months prior. I decided to move back to Florida. At this time, you know, I'd been still heavily involved in motorcycle riding. I ended up meeting a bunch of guys, you know, we would uh, go out to bike nights and things like that. And you meet, you meet different people. So this, there was this guy I met, his name is Ronnie, I believe, or he goes by Ronnie. Now keep in mind, the guy is darker than me. Okay. This guy was a great, he is, if he's still riding, he's, he's a great motorcycle rider, very skilled rider, especially when it comes to doing wheelies, you know, walking a bike and things like that. And so I remember one night we were out, we were all hanging out and he spoke very good English and I heard him start speaking in Portugal and I looked, I was like, what the, say, Ronnie, where are you from, bro? <laughs> He's like, I'm Brazilian. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, I thought this guy was a black dude from America and here he is darker than me, but he's from Brazil. So that's to, to show and to say, back in the day, people were identified by their ethnicity, not by the color of their skin. Now, I bring that up because here we have Johan Blumenblock, okay? Now, here is, here's an, a small article from Vox titled, The Myth of Race Debunked in Three Minutes. This article is from 2015. Now, I'm scrolling down to where I'm going to read this for you. And this is what I remember reading in a book that I read before. With the 1776 edition of his book on the natural variety of mankind, German scientist Johann Frederick Blumenbach is created with is credited, sorry, with creating one of the first race-based classifications. Now, this is important because to this day, in 2023, we are still relying on the classifications of one man. And we're all defining ourselves to these classifications. And it's been blown up out of proportion by different agendas, by different people to keep division in this, in this, in this nation, in this country, right? He decided on five categories. Caucasian, which is the white race. Mongolian, the yellow race. Malayan, the brown race, Ethiopian, the black race, and American, the red race. Each race was ranked 
and he put Caucasian at the top. This seemingly, seemingly arbitrary ranking was the impetus for centuries of discrimination and inequality. And I like, I read to the end because there's an important word there, which is discrimination. Not so much fan, I'm not so much a fan of the word inequality, but the, uh, the word discrimination there, okay? Now, I think it's very prejudice or highly minded of himself, which we can see, you know, what his mindset was by ranking each race as you can rank a set of human beings just because of the way they look. We can see where his mindset was in helping develop this social construct we live by now in this country, which I think is just pure evil. Okay. Now, I mean, to even go to say the Mongolian as the yellow race. Well, I mean, we have, I guess you can say, you know, the Asian, the Asian uh, geographic area of this world, typically of that per se skin complexion, which at the end of the day, I mean, with all the mixing of, of, of nations this day, it's hard to tell. Because a lot of Asians have more fairer skin that resemble that of a Caucasian, right? Now, before we, before we go forward, I want to, I also want to point out that none of these racial categories are backed by science because Johann Blumenblock, he did another study of the cranium of the skulls and he tried to define different skulls by different regions of the geographical area of this world, right? Which is not backed by science at all. But here we have another part of this article I want to read. The evolution of quote-unquote race in the U.S. Census illustrates just how hard it is to categorize people in a way that is inclusive and accurate. For example, in 1929, people who were of Mexican birth or ancestry in the United States were considered white. In 1930, they were considered non-white. And in 1942, they were switched back to white. These dates are interesting because they align directly with the shifting political and economic agendas of the time. So we can see here that this construct can be used and manipulated to feed in the agenda of certain people, right? Now, I want to skip forward to another definition and I bring up this definition because I am someone who doesn't typically subscribe to the modern idea of racism. Okay. In my mind and my belief in order to be racist, you have to literally hate human beings because the human race is the race, right? Yes, there are different skin complexions of this race, just like you have dogs, for example. Okay. A dog is a dog. We have a different variety of dogs, small dogs, big dogs, black dogs, white dogs, brown dogs, black and white dogs, bluish colored dogs. Like one of my, my, one of my boys, he's an XL pit and he's tip. He's what's considered a blue nose pit bull. 
And then we have Diesel, who's more of a brownish color, but he's considered a red-nosed uh, American Staffordshire, the original pit bull. Okay, so you have a variety of humans, but those variety of humans still make up one race. This is why I don't personally subscribe to racism. Now, what I do believe in is prejudice, okay, and discrimination. And we'll dive into a couple stories about that. Now, the definition for prejudice. Sorry. This is by Wikipedia. The pre- uh, prejudice can be in, a, in an ineffective feeling towards a person based on their pre or the, based on their perceived group membership. The word is often used to refer to a preconceived evaluation or classification of another person based on that person's perceived personal characteristics, characteristics such as political affiliation, sex, gender, beliefs, values, social class, age, disability, religion, sexuality, race, ethnicity, language, nationality, keyword nationality, that that is very close to ethnicity, but your nationality, culture, complexion, beauty, height, body weight, occupation, wealth, education, criminality, sports team affiliation, music taste, and other perceived characteristics, okay? So back to the human race. We're one race of being with different characteristics, okay? Now, I'm going to, there was something else I wanted to read here. Okay. And then we have discrimination, okay? Oh, there's another word that I want to look up, which is not look up, I want to read to you, which is hatred. So discrimination, this is from uh, the Oxford Languages. The unjust or prejudicial treatment of different categories of people, especially on the grounds of ethnicity, age, sex, or disability. Now, you see none of these definitions say race because it's very well understood that the race is the human race. But you do have here the treatment of treatment of different categories of people based on or especially on the grounds of ethnicity age, sex, or disability. Now we go into the definition of hatred from the Oxford languages. The definition of hatred is intense dislike or ill will. Now, in modern days, when you hear the word hate or hatred, you automatically think of Black and white. And this is sad because I do not deny, I do not deny the history of this nation, but I also do not deny the history of the world and of different nations. For example, give me one second. So, for example, we have had slavery in America. No doubt about it. I don't doubt it. I believe in it as far as it happening 100%, right? But we can't allow that to bring hatred, which is an intense dislike or 
ill will against people who had nothing to do, especially in today's day, day and age. Like I was born in 1989, and there's no way I can say that. There's no way I can say that I. I have a hatred for any other race because I personally and I'm speaking on my experience, which is, again, important. That. We. We we live life based on experience, personal experience and not. Experiences of others, right? For example, the media, a lot of people in this day and age like to base their like to base their ideologies off of the media and what the media says and what the media is doing and what the media says to believe, right? Sorry, I'm trying to get the kids to quiet down a little bit. Okay, so again, a lot of people live through the experiences of their their screen. They hear a story and they already have these preconceived this this preconceived development or pre this this preconceived mindset that has been developed over time that I think is false and they run with the story and they run with their feelings attached to that story, right? Now, I say it's important to live life, especially in this this country, based off of your personal experience. I was born in Miami. I grew up mainly in Broward County. And when I moved to the neighborhood I moved in, it was predominantly, I mean the area, predominantly white, right? I bring that up because, as I, I said earlier, I cannot... As I said, I cannot, I cannot, consider myself to be someone who, who is prejudiced. Well, no, we're going to get into that later. Who is, per se, has a hatred for, I say for white people because I'm a black guy. So that's what the preconceived notion should be. For someone like me, it's like I should I should have distrust for white people and this and that. I say that because every Sunday after church, or majority of Sundays after church, we drive up as a family from down in Liberty City from the church up to Pembroke Pines and go see the progress of the house being built, right? I think we were like the fourth house built on that uh on the block in that neighborhood. Now this is weird because the reason we ended up moving out of Miami is because my father finally had enough, right? So the story is my mother was coming home one night. I believe her friend was driving. My parents had these motion-activated lights in the driveway. But due to my mom's friend driving, she didn't know to pull up far enough. So they ended up getting robbed at gunpoint. And by who? None other than the neighbor's son, okay? The neighbor's son robbed my mother and her friend at gunpoint. My father ended up getting a second job to have a total of three incomes between him, uh, himself, and my mother to move us to a better area. Now, I say this was weird because 
this happened back in the 90s. But yet today in 2023, people are still wanting to walk around and, oh, you know. And I say, I use this as example as far as blacks screaming racist or racism towards whites because the whole equality movement thing going on, BLM and all that jazz, I personally think it's nonsense and I think there's an ag- another agenda another agenda being pushed. But I say this is weird because when we would drive up after church and see the progress of the house, we'd eventually start to meet some of the neighbors who were there, which were about two or three neighbors prior. You know, their houses were, one was completely done. They were already moved in. I think maybe two. Now, I remember once one of the neighbors, older white couple, very, very good people to this day. They they ended up moving a while ago, a while ago. But from what I remember, very good people. And I grew up knowing them, helping them, you know, stuff around the house, things like that. Coming to them with, uh, what's the things in school where you got like sell chocolates or whatever, um, like fundraising things, whatever. You know, they would buy chocolates and things like that. But they told us, they're like, hey, you know, my parents, you know, hey, bring your swimsuits. Tell the bring, uh, bring the kids swimsuits. So next time you guys come up, they can go in the pool. Sorry if I'm, camera keeps focusing or losing focus. But um, they told us, you know, yeah, have, you know, next time you come up, have kids bring their swimsuits, we'll go in the pool, we'll all eat and cook and have, you know, just talk and you know each other, have fun, da, da, da. So this is weird because most people want you to believe that these people are against you. They're racist, they hate you because you're black, but yet... The black guy robbed my mom at gunpoint and the white lady and man were inviting us to their into their home. So we eventually move into the neighborhood. Another family, a couple houses over. They they pretty much, you know, we're um, uh, I've been we're we're very close friends with the uh the wife who still lives there. And the sons, you know, I grew up we're between two to four years apart, something like that. So we all grew up playing. I remember in the summers, we had this thing called movie camp. And every Wednesday, if you were part of movie camp, we'd go and watch movies at the at the theater. She would drive us. She looked after us when my parents were at work. She made sure we were good. There's so many memories I have with these people. That that's why I say I live by my experience and I cannot say that there's this racism. People hate you because of the way you look. I'm on the fence of I don't like you because of the way you act. Now, moving on from racism, but not from racism, but from that word prejudice. Now, this is something we are all guilty of. I'm guilty of it till this day. And it's something I try to work on, but it is a flaw of a, of a human being. Okay. We all have prejudices or prejudice or preconceived thoughts towards other people or feelings. Right. So, again, here we see the definition of prejudice is Prejudice can be effective, an effective feeling towards a person based on their perceived group or membership. Okay? Now, 
if you sit here and tell and say that, I want you to write down in the comments below. This is for those watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast, obviously you can't write below. But if you're on YouTube watching this, I want you to write below how many times a day do you have a prejudice judgment or feeling towards someone that you see or something that you see on someone. Now, this is everyone better be writing in the comments and say, at least have one because we do. Again, this is a flaw of the human being. Okay. I have a prejudice towards majority of my day. Now, I don't act upon that prejudice. I don't treat people wrong because of that prejudice. But it's like you walking down the street, you know, diddy bopping, and you look and like, you get a feeling like, oh, that person's weird. Or that person just looks like they hate somebody. A lot of people live life this way, but they act on it and they allow their emotions to feed on it. They allow their lives to be dictated by a prejudice. Because of what they think about what they think someone thinks about them. What? It's sickening. It's a disease of the heart and a disease of the mind. Okay? You cannot allow your life to be dictated by someone's prejudice. Now, I've experienced people being prejudiced towards me. And sometimes we end up speaking and they have a completely different outlook on me and my character and who I am. And sometimes we don't, I don't get to speak to these people, but I interact with them. And well, they think what they think, they feel what they feel. It doesn't affect me because I know who I am and I know, you know, I know the truths about me. So I could care less what someone's prejudice is towards me. But unfortunately, so many people, especially in the black community, feed into this prejudice or this preconceived prejudice thought that they cooked up in their mind about someone else. Again, based on experience, I'm married, I have two children, and my children have quite the uh, heritage, per se, quite the um, ethnic background. On my dad's side, we're a majority Nigerian, from what I've been told by him. I think it's like 80 to 90 percent, somewhere in that. We're 80 to 90 percent Nigerian. We have a little bit of European, a little bit of German in our blood, a little bit of Bantu in our blood, but majority Nigerian. On my mother's side, uh, we are Jamaican, Bahamian, and Native American from what we've been able to trace through ancestry and things like that, okay? Now, my wife is Cuban, German, and Irish. Her mother and grandmother, her mother, whole mother's side is Cuban. Her dad is German and Irish. So my children are for layman's terms or for so on to go into everything, they're black with all of my mixture plus German, Cuban, and Irish. So they're majority Nigerian, Jamaican, Bahamian, Native American, German, Cuban, and Irish. My oldest born three years ago. Now, my children grow up 
and they have this sick mindset of white people hate me or these people hate me. I'm going to look at them and ask them, where did you get this mentality from? Because I'm doing my job, which starts in the home of raising them properly and letting them know, yes, people are going to have judgments about you based on what you look like, but they are not correct. What is correct is what you know to be truth about yourself, whether they accept it or not, whether they run with their prejudged or you know preconceived prejudices, that's their fault, but it does not define you. I say that to say that so many people are allowing the media and to narrate their lives, to narrate their thoughts. So many people are relying on history to determine their future. Because I say that because a lot of these people walking around screaming, there's no equality in America, the police is trying to kill black people, this and that. Their main argument is from here, from slavery days. And they say, oh, well, because my ancestors dealt with this. And now I've heard one thing, which I think is total garbage, um, pretty much that it's hereditary in the mind or something like that. It's a hereditary or hereditary, is that a word? Hereditary mind state. That's been carried on through the ancestors. Give me a give me a break, bro. Give me a break. Because if that were true, then we wouldn't have so many, so many broken homes, okay? Because back in the day, the black family actually stuck together a lot more than they do now. Okay? But that's another topic for another day. But again, these people, a lot of these people like to use history to determine their future and to also make sense of their mindset in their current. A lot of my friends, a lot of my black friends cannot say that white people are prejudiced against them or racist to them. Cause a lot of us, we got the most mixed friendships you'll ever see. I have a few best friends. My first best friend, we grew up, I mean, because we lived in the same neighborhood in Miami. Uh, we were a month apart. You know, our, our mothers knew each other. So we, we've we grown up since, literally since birth. Okay, he's a black guy. I have another best friend, white guy. He's actually of Irish descent. And T-Dot. Uh, I had an open door policy with them growing up at their house. I could literally come, open the door. What's up, everybody? Hey, and it's oh, come on, man! You coming over for dinner? What? That's the that's what I grew up. That's how I grew up. I got another best friend, same open door policy. He's Puerto Rican. Come over whenever they. Hey, I'm upset. You didn't come over for dinner last week. You know, I'm sorry. I was had to eat dinner with my folks, but I'm here. To, that's the type of relationships I have. So I can't sit here and tell you I support the claims that racism lives on. It doesn't because it never existed. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson because he's on board of this and he has the right train of thought. All right. He 
of everyone, I think, will understand what I'm talking about. Because racism does not exist. Discrimination exists and prejudice exists. And the twisted thing is, is that some people nowadays, they'll still, oh, you know, well, prejudice is a form of racism. No, it's not. It's, racism don't exist because there's a human race. In order for racism to exist, dogs going to have to be able to physically talk one day and say, I hate humans. We as a collective of dogs, we hate humans because y'all look like humans because y'all are humans. Therefore, racism would be real. Now, prejudice exists. Discrimination exists. And hatred exists. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you something here. I want uh, for this is now this is for the people looking at this on or looking at this on YouTube. For those of you guys listening on the uh, just audio, what I have pulled up here is. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever ever heard of the Aborigines, right? Now, just take a second and look at these photos. I'm going to pick one out. Now, now for the people just listening, I've chosen a photo, a young Aborigine or indigenous Australian. Kid looks like a skin color. This is to give you an idea of what people online are looking at. Skin tone. The typical skin tone of an African-American, so-called African-American in America. You know, kind of a browner skin complexion. Hair. Hair of a Caucasian and is blonde. Nose of other features, the rest of the features are that of a what we call an African-American. Now, for those of you looking at this, how would you how would you describe this person? How would you label them if you met them? Where would you say they are from? And I can tell you, most black people, if this child grew up in the so-called hood, they would get made fun of. Oh, they would have the worst slanders thrown at them. And like me, I've been called a coon, an Uncle Tom. I've been told I hate my own people because of the way I think. Whatever, so be it. It don't bother me because I know who I am. People who use those words are typically ignorant and uneducated. Or they are so deep into this mindset of and prideful mindset of their so-called race, which don't exist. They, 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 they uphold the color of their skin, that they, they just, they're just lost. But for those of you who are looking and for the viewers or listeners listening, again, typical African-American features, the hair are the features of you know, a Caucasian, uh, someone who's Caucasian. Dirty blonde hair. <laughs> now, how will you describe this person if you've seen them? And that's what I'm getting at. You can't. You have to identify this person by their ethnicity. You can't identify them just because of the way they look, which brings us back to the beginning. And I'm going back to the beginning because we're at about 31 minutes here, and I want to close this out. I don't want to keep you too long. The social construct of race. That's what I wanted to read. I saw it somewhere on one of these. Let me see before I let you guys go. social construct of race. Oh, I also brought up here that uh well, you know, whatever. We'll talk about that another day. Where is it? I can't find it. But anywho, we go back to the beginning, the social construct of racism and race. 
Now, race is not a social construct because we all know now, by now, hopefully, that the human race, okay, race being the the, uh, identifier and the identified, if I'm saying that right, is the human, okay? So human, then race, okay? It's a social construct uh, as far as uh, racism is a social construct. Oh, there we go. Modern scholarship views racial categories as socially constructed. That is, race is not intrinsic to human beings, but rather an identity created often by social dominant groups to establish meaning in a social context. So again, we have to uproot this weed of evil and prejudice so-called or also i guess identified by some as racism and plant back the truth of humans when we do this i think we can destroy at least in this nation and around the world because the west has a heavy influence in a lot of different countries once we destroy this social construct and get back to understanding then we can destroy all the fabricated biases, all the falsehood and false stories that the media wants you to believe that you are hated because what you look like, which you are not. There's evil in this world and there's prejudice, but we can get rid of those prejudices. We can get rid of this discrimination once we all understand where we truly come from, not even truly come from, that we are one human race, per se. We are one and the same. No one's better. No one's less. We are all we are all one and the same. So I, I hope this this kind of found you. In good faith, you know, I want you guys to think I want you guys to have discussions with your friends, with your families Type down in the comments below if you agree with some of the things I've said or voice your opinion. I'd love to read them and see what you guys think. Also, I would like to know, you know, do you do you think it starts at home? You know, how do we change this? Which I believe it starts at home. Honestly, it starts with the self, with self first and coming to an understanding and building a better mindset and building a mindset based on truth. So. Without uh, further ado, sorry, without further ado, with that being said, thank you for tuning in today. Again, today's episode on SNS Podcast, Destroying the Social Construct of Racism. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, if you have enjoyed, please download this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the bell notification to be notified of more episodes and when they are released. Most of all, share this podcast with your fellow explorers of the mind, explorers of truth and of faith. Keep cultivating your mind and remember, you've got this. I'm your host, RP3, and we'll catch you next time.